You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Well, good morning. I think it was this Monday the Conservative Party took a vote, uh, took a vote of confidence on our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. And it was triggered by a number of MPs. And essentially, they had lost faith and trust in his abilities and in his function as a prime minister. Now, I'm not making a political statement this morning, um, but they'd lost confidence as a result of the things they had seen and had witnessed. But they'd also lost confidence in the things they'd wanted to see happen, not just the things they did. Now, confidence is all about faith and trust. And today I want to look at what it means to have a life confident in God. And to do that, we're going to look at Psalm 16, but I'll come to that in a moment. The Bible teaches us that having faith in and trusting God are critical to a life of joy and peace as we walk with him. Romans 15, 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And Jeremiah sums this up beautifully. Um, and what it means to live a life of confidence in God. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8 says this, Blessed is the one whose trust is in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So having confidence in God means that we can have a life free of fear and worry. And we can still bear fruit even in tough times. But confidence, like faith and trust, can be fragile. And we have to be intentional if we want to be to grow and strengthen our faith and trust. And today, as I've said, I'm going to look at Psalm 16, called A Prayer of Confidence. David, who wrote this psalm, was having a really tough time. He was being pursued by Saul, who was actually trying to kill him. So we might think we're having a tough time in life, but he was having a particularly tough time. He knew he was ordained to be the next king, but Saul was doing everything possible to stop this from happening. So it's during this term of toy turmoil that he wrote Psalm 16. So I'm just going to read Psalm 16 now, and I'm reading from the Good News Bible. Protect me, O God, I trust in you for safety. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. All the good things I have come from you. How excellent are the Lord's faithful people. My greatest pleasure is to be with them. 
Those who rush to other gods bring many troubles on themselves. I will not take part in their sacrifices. I will not worship their gods. You, Lord, are all I have, and you give me all I need. My future is in your hands. How wonderful are your gifts to me. How good they are. I praise the Lord because he guides me, and in the night my conscience warns me. I am always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near and nothing can shake me. And so I am thankful and glad and I feel completely secure because you protect me from the power of death. I have served you faithfully and you will not abandon me to the world of the dead. You will show me the path that leads to life. Your presence fills me with joy and brings me pleasure forever. What an amazing thing to write when you're being pursued by someone who is trying to kill you. And there are six points, and that sounds scary, but there are six points that I want to draw out of this this psalm today. So to build his confidence in God, David declares three key things. He declares what he wants. Verse one says, protect me, O God. He declares he wants God's protection. He declares what he believes. I trust in you for safety. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. So he's declaring, this is what I believe. This is what I'm going to stand on. But he also declares what God has already done for him. All the good things I have come from you. So why did David do this? He was declaring his dependence and trust on God. He was asking for what he needed and he was expecting God to deliver. He was also reminding himself of what God had already done. And he's saying, if you've done it before, you can do it again. Now, we can all face periods when our faith and our trust in God are tested. But I'm sure we can all testify to where we have seen God act before. And it may not be in this season we're seeing him, but God does not change. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Malachi 3, 6 says, for I, the Lord, do not change. So David, to to raise his confidence, declared and spoke out what he needed, what he believed and what he wanted and what God had done for him before. He also avoided isolation. When tough, when life's tough, I don't know about you, but sometimes we like to take what's called a duvet day. It's that just, I want to stay in bed and I just want to hide from the world. But David doesn't avoid isolation. He says, how excellent are the Lord's faithful people in verse three. My greatest pleasure is to be with them. Doubt, fear and worry all cause a lack of trust or confidence. And they cause us to isolate ourselves or withdraw. And that may not be physically, but it may just be internally withdraw. And we can stop attending church. You know, I just can't face it today. 
When David was on the run from Saul, he surrounded himself with good friends who are not just faithful to him, but also faithful to God. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, he names these mighty warriors that he took with him. He was so in love with his friends, he names them in the Bible. He took comfort and pleasure in them and they helped keep his confidence high. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So avoiding isolation can keep our faith and trust high and spending time with good friends and good godly friends can help. Point three, David sort of says, don't follow the crowd. Verse four, those who rush to other gods bring many troubles on themselves. It's tempting to seek alternative solutions when God does not appear to be acting. We take our eyes off him and we can seek peace comfort and solace in other things we can almost put faith in other gods now you might think what other gods are there well we can make a god out of our tvs out of social media out of money out of success out of sin they can become gods and we can end up seeking refuge in those but david warns that putting trust in other gods only brings troubles And in fact, some other translations say many more troubles. Paul sums it up like this in Romans 12 too. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So when life is tough, David was determined not to follow and go after other gods he wanted to keep his eyes focused on his god it's important to remind yourself who is in control we're facing tough times particularly when they're prolonged periods of tough times we can focus on our circumstances too much and we lose sight of god we lose sight of who's in control David, we believe, was on the run from Saul for seven years. And there must have been moments in there, I'm sure, where he was under extreme doubt. But he reminds himself of a key fact in verse five. My future is in your hands. He took his hands off the reins he took his hands off the handlebar on the steering wheel whichever analogy you want to use he took his hands off and said my future is in your hands now I don't know about you but I'm a bit of a control freak Um, giving up control for me is quite hard putting my trust into God's hands is easy when life is good It's quite another thing when life is hard and I feel I have to batten down the hatches and I kind of, again, withdraw or hold on even more tightly. 
Um, if you imagine, I'm not a big fan of roller coasters, but I'm not one of these people that goes around with their hands going around the roller coaster. I'm the one gripping the safety bars as if my life depends on it. And sometimes that can be like life. We get nervous, we get scared, we get fearful, and we cling on to what we can for dear life. Where God is saying in verse 5, my future's in your hands. David's saying, take your hands off the reins, because he recognised his future was in God's hands. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him. He's saying, don't lean on what you, can, you think you understand. Trust in me. An increased confidence in God means a reduced confidence in our own abilities to shape or change our future. Lectio 365, which we listened to earlier, sums it up beautifully where it says, we need to daily yield to his will in our lives, comma, come what may. And it's the last three words of that that really gets me. I can do the yielding when things are going well. I can do the yielding when I can see there's good things ahead. But it doesn't give me that option. It says we need to yield daily to his will in our lives, come what may. Point five, we need to practice the presence of God David writes in verse 8, I am always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near and nothing can shake me. Wow, how cool would it be to be unshakable, to not have any wobbly moments? Well, why does David say he can, he can claim this? Because he is always aware of God's presence. Psalm 139, verse 7 to 8 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. God's presence is with us whether we feel it or not. God's presence is with us whether we like it or not. There is nowhere we can go to escape or avoid God's presence. David was unshakable because he recognised God's presence was always with him. And finally, verse 9, David says, I am thankful and glad. He was expressing gratitude. I am thankful and glad and I feel completely secure. Now, what makes David feel completely secure? Verse 10, because you protect me from the power of death and I will not be abandoned to the world of the dead. When David wrote these words very specifically, they were actually words of prophecy. He was foretelling the life of Jesus, the son of God. In Acts chapter 2, verses 25, he's quoted as saying, For David said, this is the New Testament now quoting David, For David said about him, Jesus, 
I am the Lord before, I saw the Lord before me at all times. He is near me and I will not be troubled. And so I'm filled with gladness and my words are full of joy. And I, mortal though I am, will rest assured in hope because you will not abandon me in the world of the dead. You will not allow your faithful servant to rot in the grave. You, will sh- you have shown me the paths that lead to life and your presence fills me with joy. Though David had not seen Jesus, he knew he was coming and he knew he would set him free from death and give him eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That was the Lord he knew was coming. And David's security and confidence in Jesus gave him that confident future of eternal life, a life free from the fear of death. David felt completely secure because of his hope in God's future for him. And we can also have that 100% guarantee of that future thanks to Jesus. So in conclusion, David was having a tough time, but he remained supremely confident in God. Maybe today we can empathise with David, maybe we're having a tough time. And what did David do? He declared his need for God and where his need would be met. He avoided isolation and surrounded himself with faithful friends. He didn't follow the crowd. He didn't rely on something outside of him. He reminded himself who is in control. He practiced the presence of God, recognizing that God was with him, whether he felt it or not. And he lived every day, every day aware of a guaranteed future in Jesus. Amen.